0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. We got a little bit of a special one for you today, uh, as we are on our way back from the Atlanta Rooney Rugby Matchup in Atlanta. So we have, we're just on the road, um, and we, we'd like to thank Tiger Vision for lending us some of the recording equipment that we could take uh, por- portable uh, and use for a couple interviews that you'll hear at the end of this podcast. So, on that note,
1: I'm Ethan Richards, I'm CJ Bakel, I'm Becky Rice,
0: and this is another episode of Tigers
1: Talk Rugby. So, like Ethan was saying, we just uh, got finished up with the uh, Rugby ATL uh, Rooney match, you know, with a win for Rooney,
2: 22-19. to 19. So, gentlemen, what do you guys think about that match? I thought it was fantastic—an absolute great match to be to be able to go and take in. Yeah, I um I thought it was a very even
0: match. Um, the score closed up right at the end of the game with um, Xander uh, Van Schulkvik, uh scoring his tri- a try right at the or after the eighty minute mark and. Uh, keeping the points within seven and giving the team the extra bonus point for the tables, which I think will uh, help them out in the end. But it was a very good, close match for those teams. I think that this
1: matchup might turn into a rivalry because today was a physical game. Oh, my gosh. Guys were getting beat. Like, they were dropping like flies out there. It seemed like almost every single phase... There was a guy going to the ground just because of how physical it was. There was, um, in particular, one uh, hit that we all saw that uh, Mateo Bastaro, hint for later, you should probably watch the rest of this episode. (laughs) Um, He took the ball in, or he caught the ball and then ran the ball in and then got clobbered by three uh, ATL guys. So it, it was a big hitting
2: match. I agree. It was absolutely insane. You could hear the hits from across the pitch. It was just amazing, which is honestly my favorite kind of rugby where the hits just come in. Oh, boy. Yeah, and and uh, for me, one of my
0: favorite elements of the game is the, the kicking game. And we, we asked a couple people after the game in, in a few interviews um, about how the kicking game was designed for ATL and how they set themselves up. And and I thought both teams played a very good kicking game in terms of uh, knowing when the right decision was to try to trade possession um, for territory. And I I was quite satisfied with with what I watched today as a fan in the stands. So apart from
1: that, who do you guys think was, you know, some standout players of yours? I'm going to say to start off with Troy Lockyer. You know, had a good try today. He did go off due to injury, but I think he's going to make himself one of the best players in this
2: league right now. Um, I thought the uh, number 10, the Cathal Marsh for uh, Rooney was very good. He controlled the game well. He had a solid kicking game, very solid from the tee. Um, he he moved his for he moved his uh, troops around perfectly and helped to secure the win for Rooney. So I'm not going to necessarily select an individual player.
0: Um, I'm going to go with uh, a group. I'm going to say that the uh, back three for Rooney uh, really put together a good uh, structure and phases on both offense and defense when they had to work themselves back to receive kicks and and whatnot. Um, so I think instead of selecting an individual player, um, I'm going to say that they, they stood out to me as, as a good group.
1: I, I'll agree with you. I also think that the uh, back row three from ATL was having a pretty good game too because they were making some big tackles, solid tackles. I don't, I didn't think they missed a tackle at all. Like you'd be seeing Jason Dam going out in the middle of like uh, – Making some big open tackles in the middle of the field, or uh, either there or like right beside the ruck, making some uh, bone crunching tackles. I think the back uh, the back row, for the uh, at Rugby ATL did
0: pretty well too. Yeah, I'm going I'm gonna have to second that attitude with talking about the goal line or the try line stands that uh, ATL had to put together. Um, and, and those three were all right in it uh, every time, ready to, to try to hold and put pressure. And, and when they were the ones taking that contact and, and holding that line, it usually they held out pretty well.
1: And then I, you got to say something about uh, Duncan as well. Duncan and Xander, both of them are definitely crucial players for this team. You could see it that Duncan was able to, you know, get the ball out of the rocks and just spin it. He's able to spin it and give it out to uh, Kirk, Kirk Coleman and have Kirk Coleman do some magic. Because he's, he's a pretty good 10. Uh, like, I think he's probably one of the more underrated 10s in this league.
2: And he uh, he can really put a shot on someone. He uh, had a very nice hit over on the sideline for, during the game. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, for Although... We do have to talk about the fact that um, these, like, these players were playing pretty good games, but the outcome wasn't in their favor. Um, so it, uh, clearly they have stuff that they're working on and, and need to work on. What, what, For each of you, what did you feel that Rooney did to etch out ATL, and what did ATL kind of slump on this week?
1: some, okay, some of the things that ATL could have kind of slumped out on a little bit was finishing, because there was that one uh, breakaway that Harley Wheeler had, then it went over the ball, or then he had a rock, and then the ball got out to Kirk Coleman, and Kirk Coleman tried to offload it, but then instead of offloading to Xander, it just kind of flew out into the sideline. So, I think they needed to finish when they were within their own 22 a couple more times, but on the flip side, their offloading was very, very good. Um, and then Rooney's back three—you know—you mentioned it before—that they were receiving kicks and then just plowing them. They were trading possession for territory and making sure that they were gaining that territory. That was pretty. That was pretty spe- good, spectacle to
2: watch. Uh, I would have to say. <clears throat> uh, Atlanta's pack is very, is a very strong unit their uh, their scrums are very good but their line out was a little shoddy today they had some overthrows um, it, it appeared a bit of a miscommunication sort of at times on the lineout um, and also uh, sort of like what uh, CJ said they um, the similar to the finishing they have to they gave a few costly turnovers one uh, for example they were within their opponent's twenty two and they let the uh they let New York uh get into the rock and take turn the ball over. Um that was very costly, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I for me I think where Rooney excelled was malls. I think Rooney was able to prevent the ATL mall from from driving in tries that uh could have easily been if if the mall was not defended well. I so think,
1: I think having Bastero in the uh, forward pack kind of helped that out, just because he's such a unit of a person. He's a big man, strong guy, smart uh, player. Smart player, yeah, exactly, smart player. So I think
0: having him in those malls is definitely helpful. Absolutely. So um, I just think uh, overall, just for both sides of the field, I think Maul's were just, that. that is one of the sets pieces of game that Rooney
2: excelled at a little bit more today. Well, yeah, that's how uh, Dylan Fawcett was able to, a big way that he was able to lead the league in tries last year. He had a lot of tries off the Maul, and um, that's how uh, Bastereau scored his first try last week. So, yeah. Uh, again the
1: Rooney Mall. Maybe they continue with it. It's gonna be tough for them to stop uh for our opponents to stop. Um but let's see if they can uh, build some more momentum after this uh the last couple wins and maybe uh string together some, maybe uh you know
0: make themselves known a little bit more in the east. Yeah, um so I think that that's a good overcap for all of us on our specifically the rugby portion of our day. Uh, I kind of want to share with our audience some of our experiences with going to a professional rugby match in the United States, especially at ATL. So I know for all of us, the Life University Stadium is familiar. Um, Knowing that uh, we've all been there or played there at some point. In the last few years and the that was the first time i had been there where they had added in more seating and all of the seating was pretty full so i thought it was a great atmosphere yeah the fans
1: the fans were fantastic the food was good the field looked great the the three f's so (laughs) the I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. So I've been to a, uh, I've been to other MLR matches in the past, and you know, some it's kind of like you have a bunch of uh, basically a crowd of people who you know. Oh yeah, I used to play rugby once. Oh yeah, I kind of know what rugby is, and they're kind of just there to kind of you know watch the match. You know, be like, oh yeah, I know what's going on. No, this one was, like, they had a fan base. Like, people were screaming and shouting. They were chirping from the stands. There was, like, there was a lot of chanting going on. It felt like a true, like, sports town, like, uh, team. It didn't matter if you played rugby, if you didn't play rugby, if your, like, boyfriend was a rugby player, your girlfriend was a rugby player, you know. It's like everybody was there to watch that team, like, beat them. I think luckily unluckily that didn't but
0: that was amazing I think my favorite part was looking across the field and seeing the the smoke canisters and the flag being waved every time there was a, a great breakaway or a try going for ATL and and for me that was kind of like a this like the hype and the the fun and excitement that everybody was having and enjoying was just like it was it was a very amazing like amazing experience for those who haven't been to a professional rugby match or listening like make your way to Atlanta or make your way to the closest stadium you can get to and enjoy it because it's so much fun like I know I I enjoyed that experience a lot
2: yeah I thought it was great this is the uh, second time I've gotten to uh, go to a rugby ATL game I was able to go to their season opener where they uh, got, a win, got a nice come from behind win against Utah and the atmosphere was fantastic. The stadium was absolutely packed, uh, a little bit more so than today, but today was still a very full stadium, very animated crowd. Um, last time I got to sit over in the, be over in the uh, standing only section where they had the smoke uh, and the flags waving um, for the uh, every time uh, Atlanta was able to score a try and on and the uh, standing only section i feel like is the most animated and fun uh part to be over in so so
1: a couple other things that i was surprised about is that that team is very appreciative of like their origins and their donors and their sponsors so they were talking about you know atlanta rugby union football club which was like they brought all the you know all of the uh, like former players to the field and like introduced them and all that sort of stuff. And it, it it felt like it was a very much a professional atmosphere. You know, they had little games going on on the field, they had promotions, you could hear all the promotions, you know, you could hear the cold beer here, you know, the those in the stands. So, it, I don't know, it sounded like it was a pretty well done, organized uh, event. And I, I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, I when going to that game I really wasn't sure what I was expecting but it, it it had this nice like like relaxed enjoyable but still sophisticated and professional feel and and for me like that's exactly what I was hoping to be uh, entertained with and and I know I got that and so um, I, I we're, we're talking a lot about this and I just want to shout out and say thank you to the ATL Rugby family who were able to uh, bring us in and and let us do some of the interviews we did and and thank you to Olivia White who we've been in contact with who set us up with getting our tickets and our um, media passes so um, they did a really great job with they're they're doing a really great job with their venue and, and with what they're doing in Marietta and I I'm so excited to go back in a couple weeks uh, with the boys and and enjoy
2: some more professional rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I've been to um, a lot of sporting events. Obviously, there's Clemson football, Um, been to baseball games and all all that. But this is arguably the best, um, my favorite at least, my favorite uh, sporting event to go to just because it's like... It's my favorite sport, you know, and it's just, they they do a great job with the atmosphere. The game is intense and exciting. It's just all around a fantastic experience, and I just want hope for it to continue to grow and uh, get better every single game, so.
1: Yeah, and I think my biggest factor was how intimate it was, because it doesn't matter where you were, if you were up against the fences in the VIP box, in the, you know, grandstand or whatever, you kind of sent close to the field and it was almost like you were sidelined. So I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So on that note um, I would like to wrap up our roadside speech um, <laughs> since uh, we're on our way home. I'll throw it over to the interviews that we did on the field with uh, our own alumni Jason Dahm. uh, uh Starting winger for ATL Xander van Schalkwyk and um, special interview special. with um, well CJ I'd let you the
1: special interview with you know probably one of the best players at least from our generation Matteo Bastarea. We got, a, we got a quick, again, quick impromptu interview with him, but it's worth a listen, and uh, we also have a video that will go out on our social media, so check that out as well.
0: I believe it's already out on our social media, so...
1: So go check it out. There's no excuses. Yeah.
0: So on that note, um, we're going to go ahead and sign off, so I'm Ethan Richards.
1: I'm CJ Bakel.
0: And I'm Becky Rice. And this was another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Go watch some rugby, everybody. Hey everybody, it's Ethan Richards with Tiger Stock Rugby. We're, we've got Jason Dom here. He uh, did an interview with us earlier at the Clemson homecoming event, and so we're uh, getting back into touch with him at the uh, post-game interview with the ATL Rugby Rooney match that had just occurred. Unfortunately, uh, not the outcome they were looking for. Um, but again, it's it's uh, the first year for the program. So um, how was how is the developing culture? And that uh, impacted the beginning of the season and uh, brought the early two successes and kind of uh, made its way into this game.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've had a strong start, you know, getting two wins right out the bat is, uh, is what we were looking for. We're looking to get the win today, but sometimes it doesn't go that way. Um, but our culture's been great, and I think the coaching staff and everything that we've set up uh, has really helped impact that. They brought in guys who they knew were gonna mesh together, you know. It wasn't just about talent, it was about personality and and how they represent themselves too, so I think the coaches did a great job bringing everybody together.
1: Hey everybody, this is CJ here, so we we kind of noticed at the beginning of the game that you guys had uh, four at the back, Where is there a particular reason why you had you know your 14, uh, your two wings and your 15 back and then also your 10? Yeah, I mean, one of the
3: big things for our game is winning that kicking battle, especially early. If you can dominate the kicking battle, dominate territory and possession, then you can uh, get a good start to it. You know, we had a great kicking battle last week, and I think that was really shown in, uh, in how the game went. This week it went well, but, you know, sometimes just the things didn't, didn't fall into place when they were supposed to.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. So um, another question that uh, now that you've had some time with the program and and have been going through a lot more traditional trainings as the season's going on, uh, would you like to explain a little bit of what that uh, training looks like on a day-to-day basis?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so basically Mondays are off days, but it's not really off because it's all film analysis. I normally spend like three and a half hours to four hours. On my Monday, uh, doing film analysis and things like that to get our plan ready for the upcoming week. Tuesday, we kind of come in as a group, seven hours together, uh, starting at you know about noon, and and it's more of a cerebral mental session to get your mind right for the week and uh, kind of get our game plan set. And then Wednesday's heavy running. Thursday's off. We get a little massages, which is a nice little treat. <laughs> uh Friday's big contact day. Saturday, kind of like captain's run. We call it a one shot. Sunday,
1: we come out here and uh, represent, you know. So, one, a lot of for a lot of guys who, you know, listen to the podcast are currently in college. What do you think is, like, the main factor or main, like, emphasis that you guys have from moving from the college level to the pro level?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest differences is everybody has to be able to play with the ball in their hand. Like, you can't just hide out on, if you're a prop of just, just getting away with only being able to carry. you got to be able to pass you know everybody's got to be able to play with the ball and just the speed is so much higher you can't wait at the breakdown you got what we call laser it, blow it up um and i think you see that a lot in guys who transitioned you know maybe it takes a, a couple games or a couple sessions to kind of get used to that tempo of the of the professional level
0: well that's fantastic yeah thank you very much for interviewing with us yeah, no. yeah thank you glad y'all glad y'all came out here Hello, everybody. Uh, with us, we have Xander van Skolkvijk. He is the starting 14 for ATL Rugby. Uh, he had a great end to that game with a with a try. Unfortunately, didn't quite put the team in the scoring above uh, what you'd be looking for, but it still brought in the bonus points. So,
4: no, definitely did. A tough game. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't bring it in. But like you said, it was a tough game, close game. Yeah. They were a good team. So, we'll give it to we'll give it to them. They did a good job.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, um one of the big things about uh being at ATL and um obviously you played here at Life uh which is where the stadium now that you play professionally at. Um what was that change obviously it, it you took a few years where you weren't playing at the collegiate level anymore, but now coming into the professional scene, what do you recommend for other players who are at the collegiate level, what, what are those changes and steps that they need to make to uh, reach this level?
4: So I would say listen to your coaches, first of all. They do know what they're talking about, especially if you're playing uh, for one of the top college teams in America. Um, but other than that, it's, little, it's honestly the little things in, uh, that you do in practice, the little things that people don't work on, but you go and work in and out on, on it. That makes a big difference in your game. And when it comes down to it, that's how you get, like, end up showcasing yourself and getting signed to one of the pro teams. So I would just say keep grinding, keep going, but make sure you do the little things right. If you do those right, you bear your chances. So
1: we noticed early on in the match that you guys had your 14, 11, and 15, and your 10 going back for kicks. Is there a particular reason for that?
4: So the way we talk, uh, we have it is, you drop back for the kick, uh, we drop all four back as soon as we can. That way when a kicker kicks, two chase, that way you put on a uh, good chase line and a fast chase line to contest for the ball, and then you still have two back. So our 11, 10, 14, 15, and our centers, but mo- those, mostly those guys are like our good kickers on the team. So it's a good idea to put them back to win the kicking battle. And so it's a strategy on making sure you cover the backfield while putting pressure on them going forward.
1: So you have a uh, tough matchup this upcoming week. Have you guys started preparing for them at all? or you, That's probably like a tomorrow thing.
4: Well, you get tonight off. Tomorrow the work starts back out. Uh, our coaching staff and the, um, our entire program and all, all the coaches involved, they do a great job of making sure everything is planned ahead. They've already done all the filming for it. So it's just up to us now to take whatever they give us, come up with a game plan, and then let's go execute.
0: Perfect. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much for joining us. No,
4: thank you, boys.
1: Mateo Bessaro. So what is the part the transition from coming from France to America or being moved from the back line to the
4: forwards? I think the uh, most difficult for me is to from to because... Same culture, same yeah. Um, and the that's, that's right. the same, same, same rugby, uh, oh, the whole uh, game. game. But, uh, I'm happy to be here that's because I enjoy play with me uh, yeah, a and uh, it's yeah. so. making you younger, isn't it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Every ball, so sometimes I have to slow down because I'm I'm born. <laughs> 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 you have to wait for me. <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: You. And this is amazing.